Studio! Welcome to the Tim Vaxelbaum Show. This is episode 54 of the program. It's good to be here. This will not be a funny episode, so I'm going to put the sunglasses in my little... Hello, my name is Tim Weichselbaum. I am also known as Timmy Gusto in the comedy entertainment scene, the place where people go to become... I'm Timmy Gusto. Timmy Gusto! It's pronounced Gusto because it's an English word. It just means to do something with a lot of enthusiasm. That's what the word Gusto means. It originates from the Italian language. And in that language, it means taste. I think that also kind of works for me because I have good taste. That's what being an artist is. It's having just, that's all it is. It's just having good taste that's so good that you come up with new stuff. Like you could just have taste where you just go, oh, that's cool. That's a cool mouse pad. Or it could extend to where you actually design the mouse pad. That's what taste is. I don't know. That's what creativity is. I have no corrections to make on any of the previous episodes that I've done since I started doing this back in October of 2021. That's right. We've been doing this for over one year in length of time. I'm very proud of that fact because this is uh, it's not like this is hard to do. But it still takes a lot of grittiness to continue doing it every day. You know, something that I don't work hard on is my physical appearance. Like, I don't really try that hard to make sure that my skin looks good. Like, I guess I'm starting to kind of care about the fact that my skin color is the same color as the walls behind me. And it's kind of like embarrassing that the most almost pure white is tanner than me. Anyway, I don't care though. I'm not upset about that. I'm going to get a spray tan and I'm going to take a note out of Donald J. Trump's book. He's running for president again of the United States of America. And chances are we're going to have to vote for him. I mean, I know that this is not something that you want to do or hear, but we're probably going to have to vote for him again. If you didn't vote for him last time, then it'd be the first. But the world is going to shit. And there's not, it doesn't really matter if we elect a narcissist again. Because every politician is probably a narcissist. A type of narcissist. It might be covert. Like Bill Clinton. and oh, Bill Clinton was definitely a narcissist. He just didn't always show it all the time. He seems like a nice guy. What about George W. Bush? Is he a narcissist? I actually, he doesn't really come off as a narcissist. He just comes off as like a rich kid who had, who just got in office because of privilege. But he doesn't seem like a narcissist necessarily, so maybe I'm wrong. Donald Trump, definitely an overt devaluing whatever narcissist, whatever the kind of narcissist he, he's a, the worst kind. He's like a malignant narcissist. We still got to vote for him. Obama, probably more of a covert. I think he, I do get like a narcissist vibe from this guy. 
just by the way he like like tried to be cool in like so many ways and like dude don't you don't have to be cool and i guess you do if you if you want to get elected anyway trump is running for office again and we're gonna have to vote for him because it's either him or somebody who can't even like say words and i don't know i don't really know that much about politics i just know that sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do and this will not be a funny episode because i've been having a bad couple of days it was thanksgiving yesterday and i'm recording this the night after at 9 p.m and i had a pretty memorable thanksgiving you know it was not all bad but it was pretty bad um we'll talk about that at the end of the episode because that's pretty much the main topic that i have for y'all there's not much that happened that's really funny like i'm not trying to be funny right now i have other platforms that i'm that i could be funny on like when i'm timmy gusto i'm either trying to be funny or entertaining in some way i'm trying to like get people to either laugh cry or dance along timmy gasto is a dancer singer or uh actor that's a pretty much the main three things that he's a triple threat so i don't he does other stuff but that's pretty much what he's trying to get business that's what he's trying to get work for he's currently trying to get work as a lead vocalist for a cover band so if you have a cover band in the Austin bubble, in the metro of Austin, Timmy Gusto will drive in his Miata to your gig if you need like a lead vocalist. He knows pretty much every cover song, every song that's worthy of being covered. He knows. He's done it at least 20 times. And so he's a magically talented, he's like immensely good at being a front man. He doesn't just hit the notes. He doesn't care about like if he's in tune or not. He tries to stay in tune, but it's more about the the vibe of what he's doing. It's more about the, the timbre of his voice and the the enthusiasm, the gusto that he brings to the stage and the movements He's very comfortable around a microphone, and since he's new in the game, he's not trying to get rich. So he, he'll do it for like, I don't know, 50 bucks or pretty much whatever you could pay him, he'll do it for. Because he he's looking for that kind of attention in the music industry. He's not trying to like record his own originals quite yet. He's not really ready for that yet, but he's definitely almost ready for that. He's good at cover songs. And I did a a session a couple days ago, the day before, yeah, Wednesday. I did a three-hour karaoke live stream on Instagram, Timmy Gusto's Instagram, where I just did karaoke, but also I was on Magical Mushrooms. So I was like, it was more than just singing. It was also like a spiritual journey where I just walked around and talked to the camera and lectured the camera. And there were some funny moments. And then I I, uh, I found, I did some songs where I changed the lyrics. So I, I listened back, I watched the entire thing back 
immediately after stopping rec- the, the the performance, I went s- straight to the editing process and wrote down every little timestamp that I thought was worthy of being turned into a clip. And I came up with at least, like so many clippable moments just from that three and a half hours, like at least 50, I think, clippable moments. So that's going to really help Timmy get thousands and thousands of views on YouTube, Instagram, and maybe TikTok. But TikTok is not favorable to what I do at all. TikTok is not a fan of what I'm doing, but I'm still going to probably upload it to there because it's free of charge. It's very uh, interesting how no matter what, like, whatever, I'm not bitter about TikTok, but it just seems like what works on there is not what I'm doing at all. But whatever, we'll te- we're going to keep tweaking this podcast until it's pretty good. Like I'm trying to produce high quality content, not just production wise. But in terms of the content itself being good to watch, like it has to have a begin. If you're uploading like a reel to YouTube or Telegram or Instagram, you want to make it so that it stands up on its own and it has nothing to do with other clips. Like you want to make it so a random person can just stumble upon it and it's entertaining all the way through. There's many tricks people do to manipulate the viewer into watching a, a TikTok reel or whatever, the Instagram, same thing. So I had a my most successful Instagram reel to date. And it's weird how some stuff only works on one platform and then completely bombs on another, even though it's the exact same content. That part is strange and, un, and like it feels unfair. Like if something works on Instagram or YouTube... Shouldn't it work on everything if it's good? Shouldn't the algorithm show it to people if it's enjoyable content? Well, I don't know, but I don't really, I can't really worry about that too much because I have to, I do have to worry about that actually. The algorithms are the ones in charge of me becoming famous. So I do have to like suck the algorithm's dick a little bit, but I'm trying not to do that in a way that feels not authentic. I want it to be the type of comedy that I like, that I want to do. I want to become noteworthy or relevant, or I want to accumulate a audience for what I actually want to accumulate audience for, for the type of comedy that I like, which is dark, edgy. Some would call it offensive. Some would call it problematic or controversial i like the word controversial because who cares that's not like a bad thing to be controversial it's interesting that's what people kind of like to talk about it's fun to talk about that type of shit and it's not illegal to be controversial so i'm gonna keep doing that like i don't choose to be controversial but i know when i'm being controversial so and it's it's a choice, but it's also a choice that I'm gonna stick with because it's worth it. People like the people that are liking the content. I think they like it a, like a lot. I think the ones who do like it like it a lot, and then everyone else, who cares what they think? I'm not chasing after them. The people who get it, 
they get it. The people who don't get it, maybe they'll eventually start to get it. But I'm not really trying to please anybody. I'm trying to put out what what makes me laugh. If a clip makes me laugh multiple times and it's myself, it's probably going to make other people laugh because I don't know. I don't think I'm that funny all the time. Like, I don't know, man. I do think I'm funny sometimes. And that's what I up. That's when I upload a clip is when it's like, okay, that has a funny punchline at the end. So my most successful reel to date is one that I was very proud of when I edited it because it had a beginning, middle, and end. The beginning was the, just the hook. It was N-word pass in Chicago. So the premise is it was just me telling a story of an open mic that allowed you to say the N-word uh, in Chicago. And I talked about this on episode, I think, 50. And it was a very short topic that I just covered and I edited it down to like I think like 15 seconds and it has it keeps the audience engaged and it has a great punchline at the end so that's why it's my most successful clip it only got it got like okay for me this was an accomplishment it got a, about 13,000 views on on Instagram and like I don't know 4,000 on YouTube but it got a lot of likes compared to the, the like to view ratio was the standard that you need to maintain in order to be a high quality content creator the what they say is that on TikTok for every you should get pretty much a like for every 10 views so this reel has, at the moment, 1,800 likes, but 13,000 views since I last checked. So that's more than 10% of people watch it, also like it. That's pretty good. And that's me, a strange, just some rando, telling a story as a white person about how I got away with saying the N-word in front of strangers so that's something that is my sense of humor that's something i'm very happy with that it was so funny that instagram was like eh, it's good it's it's fine that you said the n-word in this story it was you did a good job telling the story son so we're gonna give you 14 i, I like i don't know because even so even though it got a good amount of likes it's still only got 13 that's not very much for Instagram standards so i clearly there's still something going on where it's like yeah we're not going to show this to everybody not everybody needs to see this cuz it's not g rated so i just have to keep going i have to keep plowing forward i don't really look at like the notifications I don't really need to look at every single stat. I just want to continue uploading clips every day to every platform. And that's that's what's going to slowly build an audience. Because what I've noticed is that by uploading these new reels continuously, my old reels are starting to get more views. Like a reel that I did a year ago almost in December of last year 
it was not even a reel. It's a five-minute Instagram video. And it was just me doing karaoke when I got Omicron, COVID. I had COVID, and I was at home singing karaoke, celebrating the fact that I had COVID. I don't know. And it was I edited it down to five minutes worth of killer material. Like I watched it back, and I was like, this is very funny. Um. I'm just being honest. I like I, I watched it back after a year, and I was like, "This is pretty damn fucking funny." The way it's edited with a bunch of jump cuts and like juxtapositions of like different moods, and so it got a couple hundred views after z- a, a year of nothing. All of a sudden, it started getting some views. So you just got to keep putting out high quality content consistently without shame. You know, you can't upload something that you don't even think is... I at least only upload the stuff that made me giggle. But I think you do have to favor a little bit of quantity over quality at the very beginning. I don't know, because I'm trying to build my audience right now. So this is a very hard-working point in my career. This is... It's not going to get easier. I mean... It's always going to take work to do to do a good job at this at this career like at any career you got to work hard just cuz you have an audience doesn't mean you could just turn into Howard Stern overnight and expect people to continue to support you and be your fan to stay relevant you have to keep working but I am a tough worker I'm a very hard worker so what do we got behind me what's what are these huge panels behind me these big boxy looking things they're called bass traps i just got them it took them a it took a long time they had to make them gak acoustics is the company they're very high end professional pieces of gear they will be going on the back and the front wall of the studio here of this bedroom studio that i have they're going to go right behind my two monitors my my speakers my studio monitors that's the the left channel and right channel are right in front of me here and they're going to go directly behind them they're fucking massive and they protrude they're eight inches they're they're seven inches thick and that's because they have to be that thick to actually absorb low frequencies which which clapping doesn't really have much low frequency, but just my voice has low frequencies. So the the room already is going to sound better just from having them in the room immediately. They're so effective at absorbing all all the whole frequency, not just bass. They also absorb high frequency. So I'm excited to finally have them. It's gonna. These are just two of the first ones I bought. I got. An off-color white, just because I don't. I want them to be very not noticeable. I don't really, really want to have like a strong clashing color of the studio. It's going to be very muted and like subtle, but functional. This is a multi-purpose studio, so a lot is going to be done here: music production, video production, editing of music and video, and production. Music product, like just music reproduction listening back to music you need a good acute acoustic setting or else it's not pleasant to listen back to the music okay i think that was a very 
boring topic, so let's move on. I asked for an apology from a uh, an urgent care center that I went to when I had Omicron. Speaking of that, when I got COVID last year, I knew it was Omicron because that was the strain going around at the time, and I had it. You know, the symptoms made it clear that it was Omicron, and I went to this place to get an antibody infusion because I was mis I was not informed that at the time the infusions were no longer effective for Omicron. They were only effective for like Delta and the old the old variants, which so it was a waste of time. And I asked for an I sent a complaint to the urgent care center's website because they treated me like an anti vaxxer, like they were annoyed that I was there, even though it was at 11 p.m. and nobody else was there. I, I wasn't like, you know, taking up hospital beds. I was just there to get something that I thought was a good idea to just make it so that it wouldn't become more severe. Because I had COVID before that. I had COVID in 2021 and February of that year. And it was not a fun experience. Like I had, I was pretty symptomatic. No pneumonia, no fluid in the lungs or anything, nothing like that. I don't even think I had a cough. But it was, I don't know, I guess I'm a pussy or something, but but it was bad. I didn't enjoy it. I felt like it, it caused me to have like a little bit of long COVID, if you believe in that. Sorry, anti, sorry, COVID deniers, but like it is real. Like you, you, long COVID is real. And also a lot of people died from COVID. Um, there's some controversy there though. Did they die from COVID or did they, did they die from the hospital putting a ventilator down their throat? We don't know. That's where there's a lot of controversy. Some people will die on this hill. Some people will, will, are very, very convinced that COVID isn't what killed them. It's the hospital protocol that killed them. I don't know. I can't prove that. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I just think it's, it's worth looking into. Um, I survived, but anyway, I went to that, this urgent care center and they treated me like I was like an anti-vaxxer, even though I'm not, I am totally pro immunization. If you want to put in, if you want to take a vaccine or give your kids vaccines, I'm all for that. I was just not for me taking this new type of vaccine, which has never been rolled out before. I mean, I was very, uh, hesitant to take a vaccine for a virus that I already recovered from. It seemed kind of uh, redundant, and it turns out I was, my intuition was correct. We, I, Of course, I didn't need to take the vaccine. All these so-called anti-vaxxers that were hesitant to take it, they were correct. They were right. So maybe it's not good to, like, throw people into a box and call them bad people and use labels on them that are supposedly stigmatized. Like the word anti-vaxxer is a negative word. Nobody is proud to be called an anti-vaxxer, but they were right. So maybe we shouldn't like judge people so quickly. Like maybe don't use, don't be prejudiced towards somebody just because they have a unpopular view. And that was me. I had an unpopular view, which turned out to be a fine view to have, a harmless view. I didn't hurt anybody by not getting vaxxed. I stayed inside for most of 2021. 
And the times I did go out, everybody already had COVID that I was around, so they didn't care. They were all, like nobody gives a crap, and also the people who did get vaccinated also got Omicron, so it wouldn't have made a, a difference. So I didn't appreciate the way that I was treated at this uh, ur- urgent care center. They were very like condescending. They were like, "Can I ask why you didn't get vaccinated?" I was like, "I just didn't think I needed it." They're like. Oh, well, there's a lot of misinformation on like they tried to guilt me into feeling like that I should have gotten it. And I was like, yeah, I guess I should have gotten it. Whatever. Too late now. It's not I'm here. I'm here for the antibodies. And so I just said that I was like, yeah, I guess I should have gotten it. But like, obviously, I was just trying to be I was just being uh, cordial. I was trying to get them to stop being condescending and prejudiced. Uh, but that didn't really help. They were still rude. And they gave me, the nurse, like, gave me this pamphlet, like, gave me this uh, paperwork on redesivir or whatever it's called, the the uh, the treatment, the antibody treatment that I was in to get. And I, I skimmed through it. I read the main bullet points. I didn't read, like, it, you know, I just skimmed through it because I already knew what it was, I guess. I don't know. I, 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 it was recommended by many people that have gotten it. Like, so I was like, okay, it's, I'm fine. I don't have to read every single. And she was like, why didn't you read it? Like she was like, um, so I looked, so I got the antibodies infusion. It took like less than an hour to get it. It was just this IV. So I was lying there just having this stuff pumped into me. And I looked up on my phone I look. I just Googled antibody tr- infusion and uh, Omicron, and I very quickly found out that it's not effective for Omicron. And so I was a little bit annoyed that they didn't tell me that because I think they, I mean, they knew this. They, I, I told them when they came back, I was like, so can I ask why you didn't tell me it was uh, ineffective for Omicron? And they're like, oh, we know... Well, why didn't you read the paperwork? I was like, I did. It didn't say anything in there about that. I was like, oh, well, you're right. Like, they're just trying to shame me for not reading something, even though it. I did read it. By that point, I did read it, and it didn't say nothing about that. So they were just trying to condescend to me, to make me feel dumb. And so I obviously, that's part of why I complained. That's why I'm talking about it, because <laughs> otherwise it wouldn't be that interesting if they were not... If they if it was a pleasant experience, I wouldn't be talking about it a year later on a podcast. But so I was like, yeah, it doesn't say anything about that in the in the paperwork that you gave me. So why didn't you tell me? I'm just asking. Why didn't you tell me that? I wouldn't have had to get that. I would I would just gone home and saved a lot of money because they did charge me like six thousand dollars for this, which they didn't even say they were going to charge because if you don't have insurance, it actually they still give it to some people. So. They didn't even say that they would charge me, which was icing on the which was not exactly a pleasant thing to find out afterwards. But I didn't even need to get the damn thing in the first place, it turns out. And they just withheld that information that it wasn't effective against Omicron. And the doctor said it was because it could have been a different variant. It's like, okay, it still would have been nice to know, though, because... I was pretty sure it was Omicron. I, I was right. It was Omicron, of course. I already had uh, the Alpha variant, and I was exposed to the Delta variant. So it was Omicron. I mean, that was pretty obvious just by logic. and not a, You don't have to have a medical degree to deduce that. 
So I was kind of annoyed. And then he got defensive. He was like, you can't, you can't blame us for this. I was like, I'm not. I'm just asking a question because this would have been very valuable information to know. I'm not like mad at you. I mean, I kind of, I'm perturbed. I'm a little bit annoyed, but I'm not like going after you. I'm just asking a question that's very pertinent to the situation. And he got very defensive. And so I guess, I don't know, I guess doctors are very, like, not, they're human, obviously, they're human. But I'm smart enough to be a doctor, I'm Jewish, I have the DNA of, of, I could be, I could be a doctor if I wanted to. So I guess that's why I like to challenge doctors, because if you're dealing with me, I'm not just an average Joe, I actually know how to, like, do my own research, and that's a stigmatized term as well just the the phrase somebody who does their own research is also the same type of person who gets criticized and ridiculed and demonized for being an anti-vaxxer but it turns out those people were right if you were overweight or had comorbidities um, then you probably should have gotten the vaccine but if you are healthy Healthy body weight, no immunocompromisations, comorbidities that you have that are that problem. You really didn't need to get the vaccines, and that's something I learned from doing my own research, and I was right. So I don't have to deal with any of the side effects from the boosters and all that BS. You know, I didn't get it like a vaccine card, so I had to avoid going to certain places like Chicago, that just worked out. That's kind of one of the reasons I moved to Texas is to avoid the whole, like, having to prove that you're one of the good ones and, like, you know, you bow down to Lord Fauci. Like, I just wasn't... I'm not into, like, that whole fascism thing of, like, like one person being in charge of everything. Like, I just don't really worship... that. I'm not into that form of government. I like democracy a little bit more than fascism to some extent i mean fascism has some benefits i think i guess i'm changing the subject to fascism okay fascism gets a bad rap but give it a chance it'll grow on you once you realize that democracy is kind of mm, it's not the best method if most people are dumb Democracy is only good if the voters are above average intelligence. The reason I say this is because even if, because average intelligence, if you just come across the average person, which I do on a daily basis, you'll find that they're pretty like insufferable. And that's just me saying that as somebody with an IQ of above average, I have an above average IQ. And I talked a little bit about this on a previous episode about how, like, the smarter you are, the less tolerant you're going to be to other people. Most people you're going to find are hard to, like, it's not, you know, like, it depends on the context of that interaction, you know? But as a smart person, a lot of the time, it's like, I'd rather not really communicate with uh, dumb people because... They're pretty dumb. <laughs> it's like they're not adding value to my life. And that's kind of what the theme of one of the tenets of this podcast is that I'm trying to add value 
to the world. I'm not trying to devalue any. I'm not trying to like be like a leech on society by doing this podcast. I actually want to give people information or content that's either entertaining or informative. I could do both. So why not? Why not do things that I'm good at? Not just one thing. Like I'm not just trying to be funny. I, I That's hard. That's very difficult to be funny for an hour if, if it's just you talking. So I'm also good at informing people of stuff. I'm for, I'm a very good communicator. I'm an effective communicator. So I'm using that skill to my advantage for profit. Eventually I'm going to try to profit off this. So anyway, fascism. That's my idea of fascism is like ultra nationalism so people like are really into their country, whatever. That's not really necessarily a bad thing or a good thing. I don't really that's just one of the definitions included in fascism is that there's ultra nationalism, whatever. Um, and then what else is usually like a dictator involved, usually like, like ultimate power, somebody with like a shitload of power. So centralized power and a, like, that doesn't sound very good, but so like the Nazi party, that was, I guess, a form of fascism. Was there anything good about that? Or the other one in Italy, I forget what that was called, but the axis of evil. I don't know. What is the good thing about fascism? Well, sometimes one very smart person is capable of making good decisions on behalf of their people, of the country. If it's a good lead, I mean, that's the thing about it is that's a pretty big if, (laughs) If the leader is a good person with a good heart and a good brain, you have to have both to make huge political decisions, you have to have both. You can't just be a brutal intellect. You can't just be like an autistic person with zero empathy, but a really good logical brain and just, you know, do something that hurts a lot of people but benefits others i don't know that's why it's difficult to be a leader you got to balance your decision making to not just be pure logic or pure emotion emotion plays a role in making decisions of course but let's be honest i think the logic part is way more important in any in any decision political or even uh if you're running a company, then maybe it's more subjective. You have to know about branding and public relations. Because you could be a brutal politician who is making the right decisions, but they're not popular decisions. They might be based on research and actual credible science, but that doesn't mean they're going to be popular decisions. Like if you start to sanction companies to not produce CO2, that would be a popular decision among the general public, but not for those companies. Those companies will have lobbyists that will do their fucking best to go against that decision. So it's it's tough, but 
the reason there is some validity to having just one person in charge of all of these decisions is because if you're ultra nationalistic that means the people of that country if they like being there if they're pro that country that they live in they will have certain values that transcend up to the, that go up to the leader as well the leader will have the same mission as the common folk so that could be a good thing actually it's like the company having employees that have the same values as the boss that would be a good thing i hope um, you want to be kind to your employees and you want to have good values that they also agree with if all if if most of the population of the country has the same values as the leader but the leader also happens to be pretty smart and good at maintaining those values or even setting those values then i think there is some validity of having a lot of power if you're that for that leader um, because democracy it gets you it gets people like joe biden elected it gets people like trump elected i mean you could argue that both of those were pretty bad presidents i mean trump did some good things i voted for him the second time but it took me quite a lot of soul searching and quite a lot of like research and like learning i had to do my own research a lot of it before i actually made the decision to vote for trump and then the decision to tell people that i was that's another thing i could have not told anybody that i was a trumpy that I was a trump tart or trumpist whatever label you want to put on it a nazi i don't accept that label if you call me a nazi i will sue you so be careful there I'm dead serious about that. Um, I will definitely try to make money off defamation lawsuits if people think it's funny to just call me something I'm not. I don't identify as a white supremacist or a white nationalist or a hate monger or a terrorist or domestic terrorist or anything that would show up on the, uh, what do you call it, the Anti-Defamation League. I'll, I'll show up there as something, but I'm also going to probably be very litigious about it when that happens because i'm a jew i know when there's a money-making opportunity especially a legal uh, uh, come on that's that's what i'm i'm not trying to do that but I'm, i know that it's it's gonna happen look at me look how white my skin is my skin is like is fucking bleak i have bleak looking skin anyway so that's why i think we should maybe not be so afraid of like alternative modes of assigning power besides democracy is because the average person they don't know how to vote they just vote for whoever commercials they watch tell them to vote for they just watch they just vote for whoever most people around them pressure them into voting for and i'm how do I know this? How, what do I know? Well, I'm just going by my own experience, mostly, because when I was up in Chicago, which is a very woke, garbage place to live, 
and I only mean that politically. It has some nice areas. Chicago has a very lovely skyline with great architecture. What architecture? Oh, no, I said it right. Architecture. Um, and but the politics are like very woke, and so they're not welcoming to people like me. So. I don't miss that place. I haven't been there since I moved here a year and a half ago. And I literally had people try to convince me not to vote for Trump just by telling me that it was bad to vote for him. Like they were like, oh, we don't like, like they made faces at me. Like they, they scrunched up their face and that would work on some people or else why would they do, if it didn't work on people, if they didn't think that there was any chance that they would actually do that, like convince me to change my political opinions just by making a, a, a give me, giving me a, a bad look, um, a dirty look, they probably wouldn't have done it. So I, yeah, it turns out it didn't work. Um, I'm not that easily manipulative, manipulatable. I am manipulative. No, I'm not. I was just kidding on the last episode when I said I was like a sociopath. When I said, it's a fucking act. I was mostly talking about other people. Other people that are not self-aware Jews. Because I'm self-aware now. I know when I'm doing something manipulative. And I don't want to just be a manipulative person. I don't like doing that to people. I have a heart. So anyway, other people tried to convince me not to vote for Trump just by making an ugly look at... Just by making an ugly face. It's like... I'm not, I don't, that doesn't work. That just makes me not like you. That just makes me think you're like a dick. So I voted for, so I didn't, I voted for him. And I, I told people this. It's like, because why? Why not? I don't care. What do I have to hide? It took me a, a lot of time to make that decision. So I'm not really ashamed of it. And in, you know, I, I think I made the right decision based on the fact that we have somebody in office that can't even speak. I'd rather have somebody say offensive things than somebody who doesn't even really know what they're saying at all. I mean, I'd, like at least if Trump started a war, it would be his decision. It would it would be a conscious decision. It wouldn't just be him reading off a teleprompt because somebody else made the decision for him. Anyway, and I was getting into arguments all the time, of course, when I was telling people in 2020 that I was voting for Trump. I was like, well, it's pretty reasonable. I mean, look at the other guy. It's either him or Biden. Look at Biden. He touches, he molests children like on camera. So it's either him or that guy. It's like, is it really that controversial to vote for the guy who could talk, who actually means what he says and knows what he says and remembers what he says a little bit and did some good things in his first term, like making uh, animal abuse a felony on the federal level. He legalized cannabinoids on the federal level. Those are just two good things that I thought of. And then the peace treaties in the Middle East. And even just when he met up with the North Korean leader, that was pretty fucking cool. What did Obama do? He just looked at him through binoculars. Like, I'm not going to talk to that guy. But Trump actually fucking met up with the guy. And I don't care what, like, if that, if like, that just, that takes, that deserves respect to do that um even though he's a narcissist i fully am aware of that fact sometimes you gotta vote for a narcissist and i got it so yeah people are like have you heard him speak it's like yeah i 
pretty sure we all have heard. I'm pretty sure I've heard Trump speak. Maybe heard. I mean, I've also heard Biden speak, and that's so you're saying you're, you're voting for the guy who speaks a lot worse. <laughs> okay, um, and Biden is also pretty has said some pretty racist things too, and also has been accused of some pretty heinous sexual crimes or at least sexual misconduct. I don't want to really label it as a crime because that is technically, you know, you're accusing somebody of a crime. That's that's not something you can just frivolously do. But he definitely has been accused of misconduct, sexual misconduct. So he's not a great person. This Biden guy is not a great person. But uh, I guess compared to Trump, people think he's like, okay, it's like, Whatever you want to, whatever, whoever, whoever you want to vote for is fine, but maybe democracy needs to be improved a little bit. Like maybe we should only let smart people vote. I mean, even in the past, like a hundred years ago, women weren't allowed to vote. We just started letting women vote. Women, I think, can vote pretty well. Sometimes, some of them. You got to use your head. That's the thing. Is like people that didn't vote for Trump. The only reason they didn't vote for him is because of. Their emotions. I mean, some of them, okay, were smart enough to actually do research on his issues and they didn't like the tax cuts or something, That and they didn't not vote for him because of emotional reasons. But most people who voted for Biden only voted for him because they hated Trump. And hatred is an emotion. You shouldn't not vote for somebody out of an emotional response that comes up you got to be more mature than that. So I think we should have a maturity test to see if people are qualified to vote. Yeah, I think that's, I know that's a very controversial opinion, but like for us to elect high quality officials, we need high quality voters. Garbage in, garbage out. So I'm being pretty serious on this episode. Like I'm not trying to even be funny, except for when I said fascism, give it a chance. That was meant to be funny to get a clip so anyway people think i'm in college i still look young enough where some people think i'm like a college student and no i just have good genes yeah like i'm not like some dumb college kid um i i'm a fucking evil genius who knows about things like franchise tax i know about uh deprecation depreciation Okay, I don't know anything about that. I, that's why I couldn't even say that. I'm a lot more advanced in my life than somebody who's in college. I'm 10 years older, at least, than somebody who could possibly be in college, unless if it's an undergraduate degree that they're working. I could, you know, I you know, so I'm pretty like, it's like I get, I, I don't really like uh, humor them. If somebody says like, oh, are you in college? I just go, no, I don't know. It's it's just it's funny to me. It's annoying to me, kind of. The, the people think I'm a kid when I'm actually like a very like intelligent adult who's like I don't know. I'm twice their age in intellect, yet I look half their age physically. I'm trying to spread knowledge to other people who have a much harder time grasping. Okay, here's what I'm trying to say. This is written down on my iPad, so that's why it sounds like it sounds like it's not being genuine. Okay. So this podcast is about self-improvement and 
it's not just about that. It's actually what I'm doing by talking about it. By talking about it, I'm actually uncovering deep-rooted facts about my own life and problems, and I'm impro- I'm improving pretty hard. So one of the side effects of improving yourself is you kind of try to get other people to also improve because you see their flaws you see their flaws and also you see how you used to have those same flaws and how you figured out how to improve so that's part of it is like seeing other people who haven't figured this out yet for example ADHD that's a great that's like a very tangible example because the effects of going from being untreated to treated is night and day. I'm a different person. I'm no longer not confident in my abilities. I'm overconfident. If you couldn't, like, clearly I'm very obnoxiously overconfident right now in my intelligence, in my ability to pursue this art form, uh, entertainment. That takes a lot of confidence. And... I haven't given up at all. Like, it hasn't wavered that much, except for when I have bad days and for other health reasons, not because of my own lack of confidence, because of health reasons that I'm still working on. And that's one of the main topics of this episode, which is uh, sleep apnea. So I, I mentioned on my Instagram last week for episode 53, right after recording it, I, I like to post on Instagram um, because it's a very cathartic process to get through this. This uh, this creative endeavor is very positive. It, it makes me feel very good whenever I finish recording. So I like to post about it, and I said I got an undiagnosed sleep condition that's causing a lot of insomnia, and it's it's really, really bad right now. I got tested for sleep apnea last Sunday, so almost a week ago, and five days ago, and I haven't gotten the results back. I did it through a private company called sleepapnea.org. It's just a website, and it was $200. They sell you, they sell you this one-time-only device that goes on your finger and on your on your chest you can only do it once so I, I I had to make sure that it was at night that I was going to sleep long enough to actually get a good amount of data to get a diagnosis because I'm all I'm about 90 percent sure that I have sleep apnea and so I'm very eager to get a positive diagnosis for this condition because it is greatly affecting the quality of my life. It took me a long time to get ready to do this. I, I woke up feeling really, really um, lethargic, fatigued, and low mood, and a headache. I still have a mild headache from not getting quality sleep, and I think it's because my tonsils are large. I have big tonsils, and that's pretty much it. It's just obstructive sleep apnea. So one of the treatments is to just get my tonsils removed. 
You know, even if I don't get diagnosed, I could just be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to get my tonsils removed for um, as an elective surgery. Who knows if you even need a good reason to do that? I could just be like, hey, can you guys remove my tonsils? And then it'll probably help because if you can't tell, I have a very nasally. It'll probably help me just breathe better and not have to talk through my nose so much and it'll help me sing better maybe i won't have to sing through my nose so there's other reasons to do it but mostly it's to get good quality sleep your blood my my oxygen levels are falling when i sleep which is causing it's becoming it's becoming worse i think over time i think my tonsils are enlarging as i age so it's a very bad time to be going through this and not having treatment for it because there really isn't any other treatment besides the surgery and the CPAP. You can't just buy a CPAP machine without getting the diagnosis. So I've been waiting for the company to do their job. I don't know why it's taken so long. I feel like in this day and age, all it would take is a piece of software to use artificial intelligence to just look at the data it's it can't be that hard to to design that type of software you don't need like a human so i'm a little bit frustrated by that that it's taken so long but it'll be good news hopefully just around the corner on monday or so where i could finally start treating this new chronic condition that i just found out that i probably have in addition to two other chronic conditions that I found out I have in the past decade alone. Epilepsy, ADHD, sleep apnea. Those are chronic. Those don't go away on their own unless you get the... Okay, some of them can be cured, I guess. Technically, you can cure epilepsy with brain surgery and you can cure sleep apnea with lifestyle changes and, in my case, surgery would probably fix it but right now it's really bad because i'm not able to do as much work as i would like to do and it affects my mood so much that i'm very dysfunctional and irritable and not suicidal but like almost like it's like wow i am very dysfunctional and it's not fun to have to lie in bed for four hours after you woke up just because you have a headache and you literally, I just can't sit upright. When I'm in that phase of the day, I'm still kind of in it. So that's why I'm very low energy right now. It's just so bad right now. But okay. So if you have something, if so the symptoms besides what I talked about, the headache, fatigue, daytime sleepiness. That's a killer. The daytime sleepiness is absolutely destroying my life. It's been destroying my life for over a decade. Because uh, I, I can't go through the whole day without taking a nap. And, and then if I take a nap, I'm up all night. So I don't have a sleep schedule. I just have... It's chaotic. My sleep is chaotic. There's no schedule. So that'll 
be a, quite a change in, in my life if I get that, if I start fixing that problem, you know? So the other symptoms are when I am sleeping, sometimes I'll just wake up at like 4 a.m. and not be able to get back to sleep. No matter how hard I relax, it's not going to happen. So I have to just get up. I just get up and go about. I try to do something maybe, eat some food, something. I'll just, or just lie in bed for hours and hours and read the internet, which is nothing really, there's nothing to read on the internet that's that interesting for four hours a day. So it's hellacious. And I have dreams. I have nightmares and recurring dreams. And I heard that that's a symptom because I'm not getting deep sleep. I'm getting REM sleep. But a lot of people don't know this. REM sleep is not the deepest phase of sleep. There's a couple after that that are more regenerative. You're not supposed to be having REM sleep all night. So, okay, that's enough on that topic. I'm just trying to talk about it because it's so underdiagnosed. It's one of the most underdiagnosed conditions, and it's hard to get it diagnosed. It's hard to get it diagnosed. Okay, let's talk about another difficult subject. I'm one of those people who likes themselves more than other people, most of them. So I don't have a lot of friends. Um, I don't really think I have any friends right now in this place that I live. So it's pretty tough sometimes to just, you know, I'm not complaining though. Because it's my choice. I chose not to have friends that offered to be friends with me because I just don't want to be friends with them. I want to be friends with somebody who's at least as cool as me or cooler. So that makes me pretty lonely because it takes work to meet those people. But now I'm ready to put that work in. Now that I'm treated for ADHD, I actually have the skills required to maintain a, a real friendship. So I, I you know, I, I'm, I think I'm going to have a few real friends or at least one soon enough. This podcast can only help with that process because if people like this podcast, that is saying a lot about them. That means they probably like me as a person because this is a pretty insufferable podcast at times i'm pretty into my i'm pretty like self-involved like i i'm pretty narcissistic i'm not covert about it either but i'm also not a devaluing narcissist either i don't like to talk shit about i don't like to bring other people down so i'm not like a clinical narcissist but i definitely have uh have always had a little bit so anyway, it was Thanksgiving yesterday. It was a very uh, interesting, it was a special Thanksgiving in a bad way. One of my blood relatives passed away on Thanksgiving. So less than, you know, just a day ago. And uh, I was there. He was in the hospital. It was my uncle. My blood uncle. And... It was a long decline. He was declining for a long time. He was always had some health issues as a, 
his whole life. He had cancer as a child, and it was a very slow process, but I'm not even sure what he died of. He died of multiple problems. His organs started to shut down a couple days ago, but he had heart failure many, many, many months before he had to go to the hospital. He was slowly in the process of dying for at least half of a year. But he didn't really know that he was dying. He didn't really act like he was dying. He talked about it as if he was not going to die anytime soon. So it was very sad. I, I didn't want to, I was very like sad that it was the end for him because he was only 68 and that's really not that old. You know, that's really not that old. Um, and he was a very smart guy. He was very into the stock market and that's what he did. That was his whole life. He was very, that was his passion that was his life. He was an auditor. Uh, I think that was his career. Most of his career was as an accountant who did, who audited large companies' books. I think for an oil company at one point. I don't know that much about his career because I've only talked to him once in my whole life. I've only talked to him, had a full conversation with him once. But I've always known about what he was like. My mom is on my mom's side. So it's my mom's biological brother. And she would always tell me that we had a lot in common. We do have a lot in common. We both lived in Texas. I moved to Texas. He moved to Texas from Chicago. So we both made the right decision to move to Texas and in the one phone call that I had with him, it was a good conversation. And it was it was him reaching out to me to talk about finance, to talk about investing, crypto, currency, Bitcoin, and stocks, mutual funds, because that's what he was passionate about. He was the type of person who only wanted to talk about what he was passionate about. And I happened to also be passionate about finance. So we talked for at least a couple hours. And it was supposed to be the beginning of a friendship that we were going to continue to talk. We were going to continue to talk about the stock market. Like he would he said that if there's anything interesting happening in the market we will he'll call me up and we'll talk about it and i f i took that as a compliment that he considered me qualified to talk to him about his highest passion that he you know cuz it takes some intelligence to talk about that um and he was you know he didn't condescend he was he could tell that i was a smart person because I had a business that was successful and I knew a little bit about accounting and investing. I had some success in the investment world with cryptocurrency and uh, so I kind of know a little bit about it. So anyway, 
it was very sad to see him pass in in a hospital on Thanksgiving. I was there. I I drove up there at six in the morning yesterday. I told you know I was planning on it already because my mom and dad flew in from Chicago to Fort Worth to visit him in the hospital in the ICU. He was not able. He was at this point. He was not able to speak. He was intubated. He was not doing very well at all. Not making any positive progress at all. Only going downhill. So they were in town. So I booked a hotel and I told them two days ahead of time, yes, I will join you for Thanksgiving in in Fort Worth, which is about two and a half hours uh, without traffic. So the day of, it's I looked at the forecast and it was going to rain heavily for the most of the day. So I texted my mom and I said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to brave the traffic and the heavy rain. But And she was like, I totally understand. I would not want you to drive in this type of conditions. But... I I was like, you know what? I think I can make it. I looked at the traffic, I looked at the 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 radar. The radar looked pretty bad. But the traffic was no problem. There was no cars on the road. So I made an attempt without telling my mom that I was coming. I just made an attempt to start going there and I was like, okay, I think I'm going to actually I think I'm going to make it. But the rain was very bad at certain points. It was very low visibility at certain points, so I had to be very careful. But I made it there. My mom was very like worried when I told her that I was there, when I was coming. But I was already very close, so she didn't have to worry for very much longer. And it, it worked out perfectly fine, and it, we went to the hospital. And I'm glad I went because I would have just heard about it otherwise. It was the day that I went that he happened to pass away. So it's not like I've had many experiences with my blood relatives dying or being on their deathbed in a way that you could actually anticipate it and plan for it and talk to them. So it was pretty emotional. And I'm just going to end the episode by playing a... uh, Okay, I'm going to do one more thing after this to lighten the mood. But before that, I'm just going to play a little bit of the voicemail that he left back in May of this year. Just to show you what he sounded like. It's not that personal of a voicemail, so I don't feel that I'm being disrespectful by playing this. Because it was for me, first of all, and it's not a there's nothing personal in it except for the fact that it's his voice. So here it is. Hi, Tim. This is your uh, mother's older brother, Joe. Uh, we've met once or twice. Uh, anyway, now that we're both in Texas, uh, just thought I'd say hi. And I understand that uh, you're sort of uh, in the process of a little bit of a transition. Me too. Um, sort of, uh, I just thought maybe we could, uh, put our heads together. Maybe we might have some, uh, financial ideas that we 
might have the opportunity to learn from one another. So that was when I, uh, that's, he left that voicemail and I called him a couple minutes after that and we talked for a few hours. And yeah, I don't know. It was very, it was just part of why I, yeah, it, it was very uh, tough. Because, uh, yeah. He did not look at it as himself dying anytime soon. He had a lot of, he was very motivated to continue his career as an investor. I mean, because investing, it actually does elongate your life because the market never really stops. It sleeps, it takes breaks, the market closes every day, but the market it's always changing it's never predictable so it's just something that it's like it keeps you young it's it's just always something to look forward to is what is the market going to do in a year or six months or is there going to be a recession so yeah so we're going to end the episode in a lighter topic. <laughs> so I've been putting up reels on YouTube and every platform that I know of. I mean, and so sometimes the uh, videos actually get a couple thousand views. And so this one that I'm going to look at is called Jewish People Are Complex. And it has 4.8 thousand views and 57 likes and 17 comments and that is the most comments that any video has gotten so far so we're gonna read the comments but first we're gonna play the clip really quick here's the clip let me just turn on my they're complicated that's the thing about jewish people that people don't understand is that they're not just one thing they're not just like Jeffrey Epstein. That's the clip. Uh, just a funny little clip about me talking about Jewish people and comparing them all to Jeffrey Epstein and saying, they're not all like him. Like That's the most ridiculous thing you could say. So maybe that's why I got some view, some comments. So I've never, I have not read any of these. I'm assuming that some of them are very bad and critical towards me. So let's read them. Okay, first comment. I understand that every human is human and we all got issues and all got things happening to us. Okay, that's not bad. Next one. Ha ha. Okay, that one's not bad. All human beings are complicated people. Jewish people do plenty of good, but they also do a lot of bad too. The problem is they never want to be they never want the bad to be spoken. And will leverage all of their power. Collect. I'm not saying. I'm just reading a comment. This is not me saying this. The problem is they never want the bad to be spoken. And will leverage all their power collectively. To ruin anyone who speaks of the bad they've done. Holy crap. And then that got a reply saying. Yeah because this tax deductible. That's your good right there. Holy shit, that is fucking hilarious. Okay, next one. Oop, you said Jew, get canceled. That's a good one. 
Next one is bro, bro, what? That one is okay. I expected that. They're just like him. That's funny. Get it? Because I'm a Jew. Or they're like me. I'm bad. Get it? Because I'm bad or something. They're complicated. <laughs> That's a quote. Someone's quoting me. So they're complicated. And then they said, yeah, okay. The Aztecs were pretty complicated too by these standards. I don't really understand that, but I i mean, of course, everybody's complicated. I was just making a joke. Um, but Jews in particular, I guess, they're complicated in the sense that they're not just bad, is what I'm saying. I don't know what he meant by the Aztecs. I don't know. They're not just one thing. They're not just in control of every aspect of media. They're also in charge of nearly every financial institution and everything else that dictates your life. They'll always be the victim though just ask them holy crap people are actually like agreeing with me i thought they're just gonna i thought i was just gonna get deleted and then the very last comment is they're not just greedy question mark holy crap so that's not 17 comments but i guess some of them are just hidden because they're too controversial i don't know maybe i could see all of them none of them are mean Oh, there's a couple more. There's a couple more. The same guy commented twice. He said, <laughs> the full might of the community comes out against Kyrie Irving, but we're silent against Weinstein, Epstein, and Matt Lauer. Okay? People that parade as Jews are imposters. The true Israelites are black Americans. The ones that own everything and run the world are demonic people. Holy crap. That's not me saying that just to clear things, just to make it clear. Super clear. I'm not saying that. Just also super racist. Free the Palestinians. What you call Palestines, okay? A word used to describe Arabs as a sub-race of people. They sure are complicated, right? Okay? I'm not sure whose side they're on. I think they, I don't I don't think they like Jews. So okay, I pretty much opened up a can of worms on this. Nobody's really saying anything bad about me. I thought it was just going to be a bunch of people like saying like how you shouldn't say that. No. I guess YouTube is a little more a little more open-minded than I thought to this type of uh topic. Um that's pretty funny. And pretty uh, cool. So, they, <laughs> so I guess they liked it. So I don't come at this with I don't come at the Jews from a place of hate. I mean, I kind of am a I am a Jew. I'm not even really saying I'm kind of. I'm half Jewish by blood. So I have the DNA of I have half genetics of uh, of, Jew, of of a full Jew. Whatever. So. Um, I don't know. I don't know why I'm dancing around this. I guess I'm just becoming more careful. I'm becoming more careful about the way I talk about this type of stuff because after reading all that shit, clearly I could probably make a name for myself just by talking about this. So I'm going to be a little bit more careful about it going forward because I know that people actually are watching. Um, but... That doesn't mean I'm going to back away from it. I'm still, it's still a very fascinating, relevant topic that I'm passionate about. So I am going to continue talking about it and any other thing that has to do with uh, racial relations or racial realism. That's the word that I haven't really talked about yet. Uh, racial realism 
is kind of what it is to to actually talk about how certain races have different genetics that actually change the way they behave. That's a very controversial thing to say, but it's tr- it, it's probably true. Not everything is nate is a uh, nurture. There's a little bit of nature involved. I mean, otherwise there wouldn't be so many stereotypes. Uh, that turns out to be true. Like, on average, pretty much any racial stereotype has some truth to it. Not for every individual. That's the thing that people struggle with. That's why they call you racist the second you say something like this, because they think that you're talking about all of us, all people of of whatever group you're talking about. Like, and that's not what we're doing. We're just talking about on average. There's differences between. IQ and maybe other things that have to do with genetics, not just the way that your community is mapped out, not just your culture that has to do with it. That's what sculpts your genetics. Culture is what people base their values on, which also bases their selective breeding. So there is probably some truth to this i mean it's pretty hard to de- to deny it if you think about it for more than a minute do you really think that evolution doesn't affect the brain you think it only affects your skin color not anything else you think race is only skin deep i used to think that that's kind of what you're supposed to think if you want to have a job if you don't want to get fired from your job that's what you're supposed to think, but is it true? Think about it and get back to me. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty convinced that it's not true. Now, race is more than skin deep. Otherwise, I wouldn't know how to talk to doctors. As a like, I, <laughs> I wouldn't be so arrogant <laughs> as a Jewish person. It wouldn't be relevant. Okay, that's enough. We covered that topic pretty well. And I don't really want to spend any more time on on this episode. This has been a fun episode. It started off very slow. It ended strong. So I will see you next week. This has been episode 54 of the Tim Weichselbaum program. See y'all.